I'm Dana Perino. I'm Brian Kilmeade. I'm Shannon Bream, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, July 19th, 2021. I'm Trey Inkst. So far, 195 people are dead and dozens more are missing after flooding devastated Western Europe. Some of them saying it was just like a tsunami that left nothing standing, grabbing cars and houses and trees and making them like into piles of destruction. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. The scenes of destruction stretching for miles in Germany, the Netherlands, and Belgium. Those who survived jumped into action to help with combing through the rubble. Rescue workers had to carry out thousands of missions trying to save people from being washed away in what analysts are calling a once-in-a-generation event. German Chancellor Angela Merkel surveyed the damage Sunday, saying it will take months to recover. 195 people are dead. Dozens are still missing. Um, The search and rescue teams are overstretched. For more on this story and others you might have missed over the past week, this is Yonat Freeling a senior Fox News field producer. And it seems from some of the reports that are overworked, but they're still, along with hundreds of volunteers, are trying to go through the rubble and through the mud um, to look for survivors and, uh, if not, for bodies. A lot of the images we saw were out of Germany, but we know the Netherlands and Belgium were also affected. True. And another, um, just over the weekend on Saturday um, evening, um, a similar flash flood was happening in Austria. No uh, casualties there, but still, it is a rainy season. The ground is saturated. There are more um, rain to come, and people are fearing that something that happened back on Wednesday and Thursday that was in a matter of minutes, some of them saying it was just like a tsunami that left nothing standing, grabbing cars and houses and trees and making them like into piles of destructions. Um, that something like this would happen again. We saw it yesterday German Chancellor Angela Merkel actually visiting one of the sites in Western Germany, hit the hardest by these floods. And in this town, they were still looking for survivors or those who may have been killed by the by the flooding. What did we hear from Chancellor Merkel yesterday? Um, Merle described the scenes that she saw in Schlud in the small village near the river as surreal and ghostly. She vowed to help the people to rebuild their life. Um, and she also urged her successor, she's leaving soon, her office, she urged her successor to make sure that similar horrific events won't happen in the future. She really was direct in her words about climate change, saying the world needed to hurry up and address some serious environmental issues that could have played into the flooding and and just the overall environment and the situation that the world faces right now in terms of global warming, uh, rising sea levels and the like. I want to shift now to another story that people might have missed over the past week, but it's certainly making more headlines this week with the Olympics just days away. We're seeing some really, really concerning news out of Tokyo with athletes infected with COVID-19. There's already a standard that hasn't ever been seen before in terms of locking down the Olympics due to the outbreak of coronavirus. What do we know? 
The ceremony is on Friday evening, Tokyo time, and athletes are starting to arrive from all over the world. As they arrive, they, just as other people who travel all over uh, the world, take COVID tests, and some of them are positive. Once they're positive, they are being uh, quarantined in a special hotel, and if they have uh, contact, came in contact with any other athletes, um, they are too being quarantined. There is a fear that um, as time will go, because the Olympics is going to be on, uh, lasting for a few weeks, that we'll get more and more positive COVID um, tests. Um, and then this will affect the actual games and scores of this um, special event. It also dims the light because the Olympics will be for the first time without any spectators. No one will be cheering the athletes and it's not the same in terms of the atmosphere and the environment in the stadium. Um, and some of the people um, are planning to, and as well as the organizers, are urging the athletes to return back to their home countries as soon as possible after they're done competing. The long story short is these Olympic Games are going to look significantly different from the Olympics in the past. And there are some major athletes from around the world, star tennis players and rugby players who will not be able to compete because they've tested positive. Yes, and some of the greatest names in, in sports haven't yet to, to arrive and we don't know if they will be included. Um, I think all, everyone who's involved in the Olympics, the athletes, the, the coaches, the uh, delegations, the people, the organizers are taking things very seriously. Uh, but as we all know, um, despite all the efforts to prevent COVID from spreading, the pandemic is stronger than us. We need to remember that this is a significant event from all over the world. And we yet to know how it's going to influence different um, um, COVID strains or variants. Um, and so... I truly hope that these are the last updates regarding positive COVID cases from the Olympics, because I think the world needs some magic, and there's nothing more magical than the Olympics. The people of Tokyo and, and Japan at large may disagree, though. There has been a huge controversy erupting with the locals in Japan who don't want the games held and are saying this is too big of a risk to local communities. Yes, indeed. Um, and I think that this time, um, usually people are uh, hoping that the Olympics will, will be taking place in their hometowns and in their country. And yet the uh, people of Tokyo and all over Japan as the other um, matches are going to be held, not only in Tokyo, do feel the strain and both physical, emotional, and, um, you know, medical on their daily life. And I think that they should have been in, taking into account as well when planning it. You've been listening to You're Not Freeling, a senior Fox News field producer. We'll be right back. Our last story today that you might have missed has to do with this ongoing debate and discussion over hijabs and burqas in Europe. We've seen everything from commentators in places like France, to politicians in Germany, to courts in Switzerland looking at this issue, and there are some developments. The latest development, development comes from the top EU court of justice in Luxembourg that has decided on Thursday um, that 
headscarves such as hijab, burqa, niqabs that are usually worn by um, religious Muslim women can be banned at work under certain conditions. Um, this came as a surprise because many people around Europe and around the world consider the headscarf as something that will allow Muslim women to wear as a traditional and, and this is a freedom of religion and expression. Um, the ruling came after two German women from Hamburg in, turned into the court after they were suspended from, wearing, from their job after wearing hijab. Two of them separately working in different places came back from maternity leave wearing the hijab when they started working they didn't wear it and they were suspended the condition that the court have one of the condition or the main condition that the, the court has put out that um, in terms of the employer needs to be a genuine um, attempt to explain to the employee uh, why they're doing it and if the employer needs to set a neutral, I would say, they called it a neutral environment. Um, one may ask why wearing a hijab is not considered to be neutral. Um, what's the difference between this and wearing, I don't know, black or any other or sh skirt or shirts or whatever. Um, and this is not the first time. And this argument is also posed by Muslim women from France. Um, and they started out about a few months ago, the hashtag um, don't touch my hijab, um, claiming that this is form of an Islamophobia or fearing of um, Muslim and women, especially Muslim women and attitudes against them. Um, over the weekend, Turkey, a Muslim country, slammed the court decision, citing it's a clear violation of religious freedom. And Ankara and President Erdogan said the, this, will move, this move will increase the hostility against the Muslim population in Europe and blamed the EU countries for not doing enough. I'm pretty sure this is not the last word that we've heard about this issue, and we will probably hear about it again. There's a lot I don't understand about the EU court system and how applicable it is to European Union countries, but it's interesting to see this case developing at that high of a level in the European legal system. Uh, to a good news story and, and a bit of a lighter story, uh, our final story has to do with really a, a tale that has been ongoing for two decades in China about a man who was searching for his son. Yes, and this is an incredible story. Um, last week, Gu Gantang met his son after 24 years. His son was kidnapped and snatched by traffickers when he was two years and five months old, 24 years ago. Gu decided to look for him all over the country and on a tiny motorcycle, um, has driven over 500 kilometers, which is 310,000 miles. Um, he broke the motorcycle, he bought a new one, he replaced it, and all along he had the faith that he will one day will reunite with his son. Last Sunday, Gu got a phone call from the police, and the, they said, we found a match, a 26-year-old teacher in central Henan province in China. The story was released on Tuesday by the Public Security Ministry trying to justify the new um, 
established database, DNA database for missing children um, in China. And according to the ministry, um, since it has been established, 2,600 cases have been solved and children have been reunited with their families. Um, back in the 80s, when the Chinese government enforced a one-child policy, many um, families who couldn't give birth and couldn't have children used the system of kidnapping or traffickers to have a boy. Usually it was a boy. Um, and so this is an incredible story. The video is, I watched it and I couldn't stop crying and Whoever I showed it to uh, couldn't cry either, so it was pretty amazing. And here to parents' love and dedication. Yeah, it was a really humanizing story. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but so many of the stories in Western media covered out of China have to do with tech censorship or ideas being stolen or, or tension in the South China Sea. But this was just a human story that I think really reminded people there are humans around the world living amid governments that they may or may not agree with. You're not freeling a senior Fox News field producer. Joining us once again on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. You're not. Thank you. Thanks, Dre. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.